Did you want any snacks or anything before I record? Oh, okay. I would love some popcorn. Oh, okay. <laughs> Paul wants popcorn too. Were you getting popcorn? Yeah. Wow, she was getting popcorn. <laughs> Steph and I just have this connection, you know? I'm a little <laughs> jealous. Dumbass to dumbass communication. <laughs> he called you a dumbass. Hey, but he also I'm called a himself a dumbass. He said it's dumbass to dumbass communication. It's joint <laughs> dumbassery. They gave you finger guns. Hi, Paul. How are Hi, you, Craig? Tori? It feels Doing like good. it's been forever. Oh, no. Craig is I the just... guy who records us. Is that who you robot. I was saying hi to Craig. Is that who you're asking? Steph asked me Craig. if we had a guest, and I said, no, just Craig. Who's this Craig guy? Craig is the recording bot. Yeah. <laughs> and whenever Paul brings him on, he goes, no, recording. And I always say, hi, Craig. Okay. <laughs> All right. Three, two, one. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Silly Marillion, the podcast where I, Paul, a lifelong fan of Tolkien, introduce Tori, someone who's never read Tolkien, to the Silmarillion. Hello, Tori. Hello. Hiya. Hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. I have my cherry Coke. I have my little candy pumpkins. <laughs> I'm doing great. Candy pumpkins? Yeah, you know, like a, like candy corn, but like... They're the pumpkins. <laughs> Do you not I, have oh, those in LA? I've seen them. I've never tried them. Jesus, we just do, I have do to candy smuggle corn. some. Yeah. Okay, these are infinitely better than candy corn. How do you, you have to have <laughs> them in LA? You can't be joshing me like this. Ask Steph we, right now. Ask Steph right now. Right <laughs> Steph's now. Steph's in the other room. Call out. Call out to them. Steph. I need. I need to know. Steph, Paul has an that they understand. Question. I need to know. This They're is coming. vital information. Uh, Paul has an important question. Can you please step up to the mic? Okay. It was very dire. You were called in. Steph. Yes, hello. Steph, this is very important because okay. Tori cannot be joshing me on these. Are you familiar with these candy pumpkins? No. Fuck! <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you for guesting, Steph. He says they're better than candy corn, which is valid. I think everything is better than candy corn. Hot take. But they're like, but they're like candy corn. But they're like, like there's so much. It's just hard for me to describe until you have. Do I? Am I seriously gonna have to smuggle some onto a plane to L.A. and I just don't think like you have to smuggle them? I think it'd be fine. You could bring them unless they're drugged. True. I don't know. <laughs> oh I just I haven't flown very often, so I'm like, what are the rules? <laughs> Am I allowed no to bring my shampoo? <laughs> I mean, if anyway. it tastes anything like candy corn, I'll, I'll pass. <sighs> you guys disappoint me. <laughs> anyway, you Thank may you. go, Steph. Thank you. You're released now. You for your important contribution. You know what? This will be what we put at the front of the fucking <laughs> podcast. Now you're going to have to intro again. Or you I know, guess you could just move the intro over. I could probably do some editing magic.
<laughs> or just leave it as is. Anyway, hi, Paul. Thanks for having me this week on of the course. Silly Merlion. I'm I'll so have... honored to be the guest this it's week and our... every week. It's also our catch-up moment to see how each other's doing. <laughs> and learn that you guys are heathens who don't like candy corn. But okay. <laughs> More for me, I guess. If there's other chocolate to choose from, I'm not going to choose candy corn. Did you say chocolate? Yeah. If there's, if, the, if there's other Halloween candy to choose from, which usually includes chocolate, I am not okay. going to choose the candy corn. You said if there's other chocolate. I'm like, candy Clarification. chocolate? <laughs> if there's other candy, period. All right, fine. <laughs> what is your preferred chocolate? This is going... <laughs> I know. Because we only this have is really what happen- one... This is what I'm happens only... when we record later, is the tangents are everywhere. Well, it becomes me being an old person, like, <laughs> oh, so how are you? Oh, you talked to House Noel. How are they? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, oh, that's good. Um, and I think we can only get through one chapter today. Because Who after that, we have chapter? the longest. No, we have the longest chapter next week. Or the oh. next episode. Because a lot of stuff happens in this chapter, but it's kind of short. Okay. I felt but like then, a lot of stuff has been happening just period. Yeah. But then we have the big tale of Baron and Luthien next chapter. Oh, I've heard a lot of stuff about them. They are well, like not a lot because the- people don't want to spoil me, but that it is very juicy and that it's they the, are potential lovers. It's yeah, it's the quintessential love story. It's uh it's actually legit uh Tolkien's headcanon for uh, no, Tolkien self-insert of him and his wife. Oh. Like, the character of Luthien is inspired by his wife. Oh, that's cute. And so he makes this character Baron who falls in love with her, and it's their Aww. own fairy tale thing. God. Why won't my lover write a story and insert me into their characters? Wow. And then create one to fall in love again. They God. are busy doing D&D stuff, Steph. <laughs> Hint. Hint. <laughs> Step a break. Anyway. So, what a hell of an intro that was. <laughs> you know what? I'm not going to even edit it. Fuck it. <laughs> this is what you see is what you get, guys. This is what you signed up for. But, okay. Uh, Ratgloss told me that we're almost halfway through. The Silmarillion. Yes, but we do have like the longest chapters ahead okay. of us, which will probably be like longer episodes. But I'd say in like the entire series of events, yes, we are closer to the end than the beginning. Okay, then this is going to be my Twitter poll for folks. Um, do you enjoy our tangents? And what should we tangent with next? Like after we get through the Silmarillion, are we just going to stop? Because that makes me really sad. Oh, I definitely feel like even once we get through the Silmarillion, we can do like Silmarillion, an unexpected podcast, where it's like us reading The Hobbit together or something. Mm-hmm. And then we, of course, we have Aaron who wants to be involved when we get through Lord of the Rings with you. So anyway, good who stuff, knows? Good stuff. The future if anyone, is... If anyone yeah. has any stuff they would like to hear us talk about. Or if you just want to hear us 
ramble about something if you want us about to make a podcast about us Star talking Wars. whatever shit is recent to and us. And pumpkin candies. If you just want to hear me get really angry about nothing, let's <laughs> fine. Let's do it. A podcast all about Paul's triggers. <laughs> Paul's pissed. That's the podcast <laughs> name. Uh, Alright, so tell the folks what we missed last time on Glee. Alright. So, humans are here now. Humans! The elves kind of set up everything. You got Maeglin, who now lives in Gondolin with his uncle and cousin. Which was like the most tragic story. Yeah, about to get tragic stories, but that was like I'm like it's about to get tragicer. (sighs) There's literally an entire story called uh, like the story of Turin Turambar. And everything bad that could happen to this guy happens. Oh, great. A series of unfortunate events. It really is. But yeah, humans are here now. They've essentially sided with the elves. Some have been tricked by Morgoth into leaving. uh, But a lot of them are staying and helping to fight against uh, Morgoth. Specifically because uh, humans breed a lot faster than elves. So like... (laughs) Horny humans. Horny, yeah. That's our superpower. It's just <laughs> horny. Um, they breed too fast like bunnies. Oops. Look at all these kids. You <laughs> uh, also die yeah. faster, though, so I guess we kind of need to. Compared to, like, yeah, elves. I guess. <laughs> I mean, there's that whole, like, thing Tolkien made about, like, you can only... Uh, Fucking elves can only have like can only have like children at like this one point in their life or something. Like this one specific Oh wait, no, they can choose when they're having kids. Like they can choose? Yeah. Their birth control is just like (laughs) they have internal birth control, I guess. Well, how convenient. I think. I don't man, I I it's all in that nature of Middle Earth book or whatever that came out. The one that with the uh the one that's uh, Heart Sisters or whatever the the one that already lesbian. came out. No, the one that's yeah, coming out next. That's coming out. Yes. 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 But, I had um, a whole discussion about elves, sex lives. Elf sex. Uh. <laughs> so that means like a bulk of like the elves' armies are also like kind of included with like human forces. Uh. Humans are just there. Mm. Um, yes, so Morgoth is still kind of locked in his fortress of Thangorodrim or Ang... Sorry. Angband. Thangorodrim are the three spires that go above it. Um, the spires have names? Spires. Not spiders. <laughs> spires. Spi- spires. <laughs> uh, like, they're, yeah, they're, but above his fortress, there are, like, these three massive heaps of just, like, rubble from when they built like a lot of angband is just underground it's like this deep dungeon mm. and then like all like the rubble they did from mining is basically heaped up on these three mounds oh um, sounds spooky sounds like a place for morgoth yeah it's his place uh but um yeah he's still back in there and the nolder and the humans have basically set up uh, this big siege of Angband, uh, where they're just kind of looking to wait him out or keep oh. him kind of imprisoned there. And uh, 
they're just chilling there one night. And he it's still cold. has the Silmarils, right? Yes, he still has the Silmarils. Okay. But they're keeping him contained so that he can't really cause any trouble right now. Smart. And they don't really have any great... Uh, they don't have any great uh, force with them. They have... They, Fingolfin, who's the High King, he looks at his forces and is like, we can't afford to assault the fortress. We should only just stay out here and we'll be fine. Mm. Mm. So then eventually there comes one winter night. I was going to say, this is a no plan plan. Yeah, when the watch fires are burning low. And in front of uh, uh, the fortress, there's this great grassy plain called Ard Galen. And... All of a sudden, the gates of the fortress are flung open, and this massive torrent of fire just spreads out across these massive grass plains. And it's like a great wildfire that just like rushes forward. So pleased to hear nature's being burned again. And so, like, it uh, just—I'll just read it. Uh, Then suddenly Morgoth sent forth great rivers of flame that ran down swifter than Balrogs from Thangorodrim and poured over all the plain, and the mountains of iron belched forth fires of many poisonous hues, and the fume of them stank upon the air and was deadly. Thus Ardgallen perished, and fire devoured its grasses, and it became burned and a burned and desolate waste, full of a choking dust, barren and lifeless. Thereafter, its name was changed, and it was called Anfauglith, the Gasping Dust. Many charred bones had there their roofless grave, for for many of the Noldor perished in that burning, who Mm. were caught by the... Oh, man, maybe I shouldn't be drinking soda when I do this. (laughs) Uh, For many of the Noldor perished in that burning, who were caught by the running flame and could not fly to the hills. The heights of Dorthonion and the arid Wethrin held back the fiery torrents, but their woods upon the slopes that looked towards Angband were all kindled, and the smoke wrought confusion among the defenders. Thus began the fourth of the great battles, Dagor Bragolach, the Battle of Sudden Flame. Whoa, that was a big word. Say that one again. Dagor Bragolach. Hmm. So and in... He... Yeah, he's, oh. he, he basically is like, man... That sure looks dry. <laughs> he's, and just he's some, fire. He's some, he's some dick with a firework in California. <laughs> basically. Some asshole uh, who starts a fucking wildfire that just... He had a gender reveal. Oh, fuck. And then didn't stop it. It was <laughs> like, Morgoth. oh, this could be convenient. <laughs> Dagor Bragolach is just Morgoth's gender reveal party. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, shit. But this kind of works out for me. Go ahead. Burn the elves yeah. while you're there. Ain't no, ain't no thing. Um, but yeah, so essentially, the people who were keeping an eye on Thangorodrim, a good portion of them are dead because they were all camping Dang. out on the plains. And, he and then this massive wall all. of fire just kind of whooshes over them and they're like, dead. Damn. No, they're just bones. Wow. And then immediately following that fire comes Morgoth's newest creation. Oh. Glaurung. Frankenstein. Oh. Glaurung the Golden, father of dragons. 
Ooh. The first dragon. He's the first appeared. dragon? Yeah. Morgoth created the first dragon. Yes. Wow. Uh, which is very odd because in, like, granted, Tolkien contradicts himself multiple <laughs> times, but in this, it there's, like, something about, like, Melkor cannot create, like, Morgoth cannot create for himself. He can only uh, corrupt. Like, oh. orcs are elves who have been corrupted. Trolls were made, like, in mockery of the Ents. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, but then you have Balrog, uh, and Balrogs are already corrupted spirits. But then you have Glaurung, which is, like, a wholly new creation. It's not based off anything. Hmm. And, um, but my reasoning has been kind of, like, that in this, that dragons are more like machines than actual living beings and that they don't have a soul that Ooh. dragons are completely... sorry for any dragons that are listening yeah because <laughs> uh, i think like in like the uh i think in the fall of gondolin which we'll get to eventually uh tolkien describes dragons almost as like engines of war like siege engines and stuff like mm. that that could belch flame and such but uh glaurung is like this big lizard that breathes fire <laughs> Hence and the dragon the noldor are completely caught off guard by this and whatever ones who are still alive kind of flee and Heck, uh, too. what's the dragon's name again glaurung g a g l a u r UNG. Glower. Wow. Okay. So Morgoth has a pet now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Were they his flames? Or was it Morgoth's flame? Uh, it doesn't say. It just says rivers of flame came out hmm. of the door. And then I think it's uh, it's just like this fucking napalm that <laughs> Morgoth had, I think. Because... Glaurung doesn't show to have much of this ability of like burning this much. Like he can mm. burn stuff, but and so the rest of like this chapter is just talking about all the bad shit that happens because of this. Oh, great! So many soldiers die. Uh, any gray elves who were helping support the siege, they run back to Doriath to the mm. safety of the Girdle of Melian, and they won't come out. Uh, they're they're done helping. Um. Uh, Angrod and Agnor, who are brothers of Finrod, who found the humans, uh, they become very close with uh, the folk of Beor, who were the ones who were initially found by Finrod and became closest to him. And uh, they are both killed. Oh, the lord of the house of Beor, Bregolas, he gets killed. Oh, man. Uh, but his brother, uh, Bera here, he manages to uh, save Finrod from being killed. He and his people wow. kind of rush in and they kind of defend Finrod and help him get out. Um, and in thanks, Finrod takes off his ring, which is... Uh, like two silver serpents entwined with like an emerald gem. Cute. And like I think the serpents have like golden flowers around them. 
because mm. uh, that's the symbol of his house. But mm. he takes his ring and gives it to Bera here. And he's like, anyone who presents this ring to me, I will do everything in my power to help them. So if any, mm. any, any time in the future you need my help, you come to me or send someone with this ring, and I am bound by this oath to help them. He was the human, right? Uh, Bera here? Yeah. Yeah, Bera here is the human who saves Finrod, the elf lord. So they're in love. That's what I just heard. He just proposed. Maybe. But um, <laughs> when you read Lord of the Rings, when you, see, when you read Lord of the Rings, you see this ring. Ooh. This ring lasts until the Third Age. God, I love those the swords, the rings, the, the, the just... Aragorn years. wears that ring. What? Yeah. It's an, he... he inherited it. Oh. Whoa. He's a distant, distant descendant of Barahir. Cute. Um, and he also falls in love with an elf. Yes. Wow. Just Parallels. Like, just like Barahir's son, Baron, who we will see in the next chapter. <gasps> Wait. Baron's a human. Yep. And what is the other one? Luthien? Luthien's an elf. He's an elf? Yeah. Yes! And there's this big thing in Lord of the Rings when you, when we get to it that uh, Aragorn mistakes Arwen for Luthien in a song. Like Whoa. He looks so beautiful and he calls her Tenuviel just like Baron calls out to her Tenuviel. Whoa. But we'll get to that later because there's Blow a lot the of uh, there's a lot of connections with that. I love that. Uh, but yeah, like everyone's helpless. Fingon tries to support the siege a bit more, but he gets pushed back. At this point, the siege is completely broken. Like, and the elves are now on like the back foot for once after like so many hundreds of years. Hmm. And so, at this point, uh, the sons of Feanor like they get wrecked and they lose a bunch of their holdings. Carinthir. I believe loses his hold in uh, um, Thargelion. Feanor's people had it rough. Well, they killed a lot of people, so yeah, that's why they had it rough. Feanor, this whole thing is your fault. Helagorm and Kurufin, who were uh, like friends of Arathel, and they were the ones who were like out hunting for a whole mm, year when mm -hmm. she visited. She was like, "Never mind, see ya." Yeah, they lose their home. Mm. And so they go to Nargothrond and Finrod's like, yeah, you can stay here, guys. You can stay on my couch. <laughs> uh, so they go to stay there. Uh, Mithros is actually quite valiant. He manages to rally a bunch of people together at his fortress of Himring. And he kind of just holds the line there until Morgoth finally stops his attacks. Yay, Mithros. Um, In your one hand. But then, like... Everything to the, if you look at your map, uh, I have it open. But go ahead, keep going. I'll pull it up. Yeah, everything uh, from, like Hithlum holds fast because there are mountains there. They can hold defenses there. They can. It's a, it's a basically like a wall. It's a bastion against Morgoth. Um, mm. But the highlands of Dorthonion, and everything kind of to the east of that just gets ravaged. Mm. Uh, in that northern dragon? part 
by by Morgoth's forces. Uh, mm. Like all the people living there have to flee or are killed. So much destruction is basically waged there that uh, it becomes it becomes kind of just like a ruinous place. Dorthonion. It used to be like this beautiful highland region with these lovely pine trees. I think into towers. Uh, in the song Treebeard sings, he talks about walking in the pine trees of Dorthonion, and he's oh, wow. just—he's just reminiscing of how beautiful it was. But now at this point, like Dorthonion, kind of becomes like almost like if you think of like Transylvania in like a creepy movie <laughs> sense, it's like creepy hills and dark woods and very uh... spooky and rustic, uh, and everything is just demolished and there's no way for them to reinstate the siege of Angband and Dang. Morgoth is kind of free now to work against them however he wants um, and so news comes that Ang uh, Angrod and Agnor are dead the sons of Feanor have been driven from their lands many people are dead and Fingolfin who is High King just goes we're fucked we are totally <laughs> fucked. We are absolutely fucked. And Yay. so in like this spurt of just hopelessness, he saddles his horse, puts on his armor, grabs his sword and shield, and he rides straight to Angband. Oh, what's he gonna do? And he have a nice chat with Morgoth. Have he a comes, little cup of tea. He, he comes alone to the gates. Oh gosh. And he sounds his horn, and then he beats on the gates with the hilt of his sword, yelling for Morgoth to come out and fight him one-on-one. -on -one. He is duel. calling, I'm calling you out, Morgoth! Get out here, you bitch! Calling you out to the playground. Let's come go. On. After you school. Right now. <laughs> and... It just says, thus he came alone to Angband's gates, and he sounded his horn and smote once more upon the brazen doors and challenged Morgoth to come forth to single combat. And Morgoth came. And uh, I'll just keep reading, because this is actually really... This d description of their fight's pretty cool. Ooh, okay. That was the last time in those wars that Morgoth passed the doors of his stronghold. And it is said he took not the challenge willingly, for though his might was greatest of all things in the world alone of the Valar, he knew fear. But he could now not deny the challenge before the face of his captains, for the rocks rang with the shrill music of Fingolfin's horn, and his voice came keen and clear down into the depths of Angband. And Fingolfin named Morgoth Craven, the Lord of Slaves. Therefore Morgoth came, climbing slowly from his subterranean throne, and the rumor of his feet was like thunder underground. And he issued forth, clad in black armor, and he stood before the king like a tower, iron-crowned, and his vast shield, sable, unblazoned, cast a shadow over him like a storm-cloud. The Fingolfin gleamed beneath it like a star, for his mail was overlaid with silver, and his blue shield was set with crystals, and he drew his sword Ringil that glittered like ice. Then Morgoth hurled aloft Grond, the hammer of the underworld, and swung it down like a bolt of thunder. But Fingolfin sprang aside, and Grond rent a mighty pit in the earth, whence smoke and fire darted. Many times Morgoth essayed to smite him, 
and each time Fingolfin leapt away, as a lightning shoots from under a dark cloud. And he wounded Morgoth with seven wounds, and seven times Morgoth gave a cry of anguish, whereat the hosts of Angband fell upon their faces in dismay, and the cries echoed in the Northlands. But at last the king grew weary, and Morgoth bore down, on his, bore down his shield upon him. Thrice he was crushed to his knees, and thrice rose again, and bore up his broken shield and stricken helm. But the earth was all rent and pitted about him, and he stumbled and fell backward before the feet of Morgoth. And Morgoth set his left foot upon his neck, and the weight of it was like a fallen hill. Yet with his last and desperate stroke, Fingolfin hewed the foot with his sword, and the blood gushed forth black and smoking, and filled the pits of Grand. Thus died Fingolfin, high king of the Noldor, most proud and valiant of the elven kings of old. The orcs made no boast of that duel at the gate, neither do the elves sing of it, for their sorrow is too deep. Yet the tale of it is remembered still, for Thorondor, king of the eagles, brought the tidings to Gondolin, and to Hithlam afar off. And Morgoth took the body of the elven king, and broke it, and would have cast it to his wolves. But Thorondor came hasting from his eyrie above the peaks of the Chrysagrim, and he stooped upon Morgoth and marred his face. The rushing of the wings of Thorondor was like the noise of the winds of Manwe, and he seized the body in his mighty talons, and soaring suddenly above the darts of the orcs he bore the king's body away, and he laid him upon a mountain top that looked from the north upon the hidden valley of Gondolin, and Turgon coming built a high cairn over his father. No orc dared ever to pass over the mound of Fingolfin, or draw nigh to his tomb, until the doom of Gondolin was come, and treachery was born among his kin. Morgoth went ever halt of one foot after that day, and the pain of his wounds could not be healed, and in his face was the scar that Thorondor made. So yeah. Whoa. That, I think, was the most action I've heard Tolkien write. Like, that was a dope battle scene. Yeah, it, it's like it's the first real fight scene we get. Yeah, that he kind of just hear like they fought and then someone died. Yeah, it's, someone lost. It, it really is. Uh, here, I'm gonna try to grab a picture. And it actually felt close. I was like, oh shoot, is Fincolfin yeah. gonna win? <laughs> it honestly, like, it is pretty fucking close. Yeah, and then. Uh... King Eagle came and took his body so that Morgoth couldn't. Yeah, he couldn't throw it. it to his wolves, yeah, so that no. he could be properly buried. He really goes down in a blaze of glory. It's usually, usually like you might expect, like in another story, for Feanor to be the one to do this kind of shit. Yeah. Uh, but he doesn't even get to him. It's Fingolfin who does. Yeah. And only because he's just full of despair that everything's fucked. Valiant. I like him. It, this is essentially kind of the turning point for the Noldor. From now on, they are mm. kind of on the back foot, and they're going to keep being on the back foot till the very end. Um, wow, this picture's intense. Exactly, yeah. Just imagine, like, Morgoth is huge. He is. He's a god. He's essentially a god. Yeah. Um. Damn. And so... Fingolfin's a... Uh, sword looks really cool in that picture mm -hmm. too. So yeah, and 
so the darkness of Morgoth kind of spreads over this entire northern section of Beleriand. Hmm. And, like, evil things begin to creep into the woods of Dorthonion. And uh, Barahir refuses to leave. He's like, this is my home. We're going to defend it to the last. Wow. He sends, like, the women and children away. We get a good uh, female character. Well, a little sprinkling of a female character in here. <laughs> Give me the famales. Um, uh, at last, so desperate was the case of Barahir, that Emeldir, the man-hearted, his wife, whose mind was rather to fight beside her son and her husband than to flee, gathered together all the women and children that were left and gave arms to those that would bear them, and she led them into the mountains that lay behind, and so by perilous paths until they came at last with loss and mi misery to Brethil. Uh, so then, yeah, they basically... All of them except Barahir, Baron, and like several companions of his. Everyone gets up, arm themselves. Barahir's mm. wife leads them. She girts herself with a sword, and she oh. leads them to Brethil, where the Haladin are living now. And they kind of settle there and kind of intermingle as a people. And at this point, uh, things are very uneasy. Uh, yeah, I bet. High King just died. Mm -hmm. Body sent back. And in this time... Uh, we still in the First Age? Yes, this is still the... All the Silmarillion takes place in the First Age. Oh, okay. The First Age ends with the end of the Silmarillion. Gotcha. So, by now there are plenty of uh, orcs just kind of pouring into the lands where people live now because they're not held back anymore. Orc and, and they really need to uh, establish uh, a bulwark against them. Wait, where is everyone hanging out currently? Every, if you Just think like... of Hithlum plus everything south of Dorthonion. Okay. That's where everyone is now. So Morgoth basically has like the northern section. Yeah, that entire section right there. Yeah. Okay. And he's able, uh, like that little pass between Hithlum and uh Dorthonian, where the river Syrian is. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a tower there called Minas Tirith, which is the original Minas mm -hmm. Tirith. Mm -hmm. um, and that gets eventually captured by Morgoth. And mm -hmm. he gives it to Sauron, and it becomes known as the Island oh. of Werewolves. Um, Sauron because they're familiar. Yes. <laughs> and Sauron kind of stays there as his lieutenant and his, like, forward commander. Ah. Uh... And while all this is happening, uh, there are two new characters we meet uh, called uh, Hurin and Huor, uh, which are, uh, they're both of the uh, House of Merach, the golden-haired people. Uh, but uh, Hurin, yes, Hurin is dark-haired because his mother was uh, from the House of Beor. So he's got that kind of darker look to him. Uh, but they are both great warriors and great commanders. And they kind of go down to help uh, against these raids that are happening to the people south of Dorthonion. Mm -hmm. uh, like in the forest of Brethil, mostly. The Haladin are constantly being harassed because the pass of Syrian has been taken and orcs mm -hmm. can just now move freely into the land. Uh, and in one of these battles, they are both grievously wounded and they're about to be killed when hey it's thorondor 
and he sees what's happening and he soups down with a friend and they pick both humans up and fly them away oh, wow. uh, to Gondolin, the ah. secret city. And ah. Torgon welcomes them and he's like, holy shit, humans. I was going to say, those the first Gondolin humans in Gondolin? Because mm-hmm. they were in quarantine and not letting anyone in. Yeah, and but he learns who they are and that they're friends of his brother Fingen, and he's like, "Oh yeah, you're here to chill." Yeah, <laughs> um, and he actually like grows to love them, and uh, when they're like, "We have to leave," he says, "Uh, you can't leave. It's my law." A lot of people suspect he just really didn't want them to leave because he grew to love them so much. Aww, that's so like sweet. they became such good friends to him. Uh. But Hurin and Huor desired to return to their own people and share in the wars and griefs that now beset them. And Hurin said to Turgon, Lord, we are but mortal men, and unlike the Eldar. They may endure for long years, awaiting battle with their enemies in some far distant day, but for us the time is short, and our hope and strength soon wither. Moreover, we did not stand we did not find the road to Gondolin, and indeed we do not know surely where the city stands. For we were brought in through fear and wonder by the high ways of the air, and in mercy our eyes were veiled. Then Turgon granted his prayer and said, By the way that you came, you have leave to depart, if the eagles are willing. I Mm. grieve at this parting, yet in a little while, as the Eldar account it, we may meet again. But Maeglin, the king's sister's son, who was mighty in Gondolin, grieved not at their going, though he begrudged them the favor of the king, for he had no love for any of the kindred of men. And he said to Hurin, The king's grace is greater than you know, and the law has become less stern than aforetime, or else no choice would have been given you but to abide here to your life's end like my father. Then Hurin answered him, The king's grace is great indeed, but if our word is not enough, then we will swear oaths to you. And the brothers swore never to reveal the counsels of Turgon, and to keep secret all that they had learned in his realm. And so basically, the eagle kind of is like, okay, you're, I'm your Uber. I'm, I'm, <laughs> Time to go. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm Ted, your Uber driver. Let's go. And he kind of picks him up. And he takes them back. And like everyone's astounded. Because uh, it's, it's kind of like those stories where like someone gets lost in like the fairy realm and then comes back all mm. brilliant and beautiful. And people were like, where have you been? It's years. That's yeah. kind of what's happened. And their father is like, where have you been? And they're like, we can't tell you. <laughs> can't we made tell a promise. Oh like they God. come back like dressed in like these cool elven robes and like yeah. armor and stuff. And they're and like, where have you been? They were dead. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Torgon kind of learns uh, from them that the siege is broken. And he mm. declares, okay, no, no one's never leaving now. And he has the gateway destroyed the secret tunnel that leads oh. to his city he has it destroyed and filled up with rubble so the uh, only way in would be over mm-hmm. the mountains uh and so finally morgoth kind of turns his attention to hithlam where fingen is still fighting and he assaults them and i believe he destroys them checks um, out that's usually what he does Walks around destroying things. Oh, wait, no, Finga's not dead. Sorry. Uh, that happens later. Uh, <laughs> but, like, Spoiler. he pushes against them and, like, they are weakened significantly. And 
like the elves who are living on the coast, they start to move farther south where they can be protected. But Nargothrond and Gondolin are the two big cities that Morgoth, he's like, I got to learn where these two things are mm. because I fucking hate Finrod and I fucking hate Turgon. <laughs> and I want to know where those motherfuckers are. <laughs> so they, the, these two secret cities that Almo told them to make do kind of act as like this uh, annoyance to him. Love it. Uh, There's a little gnats that won't go away. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't know where they are, so he can't swat them. Mm -hmm. And so eventually, Hurin and Hur's father dies, and Hurin becomes the new lord of Dor Loman. And he kind of valiantly leads his people through all this strife. Mm. What and, a time. Uh, <laughs> what a time, just period. <laughs> mm -hmm. Uh and in the end, uh, all that is left of the men of Dorthonion are Barahir, his son Baron, and the I believe there are nine men who are with him. And they kind of become more like outlaws than actual fighters. They're yeah. hiding in caves and making guerrilla strikes against the enemy and then retreating. Dang. Uh, yeah, and so that's the end of that chapter. And Wow, that, there's... There's nothing good that happened in that chapter. No, uh, it's called the fall of Beleriand and the I think uh, of the ruin of Beleriand and the fall of Fingolfin. Wow. Yep, death, destruction. I already have a podcast episode called uh, "Everyone Dies." So what is this? Everyone dies part two. <laughs> uh, Everyone continues to die. Everyone burns. I don't know. Maybe this one could be named like Fingolfin's pissed. Or something like, <laughs> or like the most metal battle, or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. That that was the coolest part. It was. It really is because the rest of it's just talking about how much everyone fucking loses from this. Yeah. I think the only good, like, cool takeaways from this chapter are. Fingolfin's badass. Fingolfin's... He really went down swinging. Yeah, Fingolfin going down swinging, wounding. A god, basically, yeah. to the point that he has to walk with a limp the rest of his days. Oh, um, heck. That's and we impressive. get to see our first dragon. Oh, yes. Uh, Glorong? Glorong? Glaurung. Glaurung? Gla <laughs> yeah, Glaurung. Glaurung uh, the Golden. Uh, dragon Boy! Who, fun fact, he's he's just basically a lizard that breathes fire. He doesn't have any wings. I mean, that's essentially what dragons are anyway. Yeah. But Do everyone, you... when they think of dragons, they think, oh, wings, they can fly. Does that one dragon in The Hobbit have wings? Smaug, yes. Smaug so has wings. They get wings at some point. Yeah, I think I think it's just experimentation by Morgoth. He's like, ah, I'll put wings on this thing. What would make my pet better? Wings. You know what would make this really kick ass? This motherfucker could fly. You know how you always get scared when you realize a bug can suddenly fly? What yes. if we do that with these? <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Flawless. But yeah, uh, that's it'll be a shorter episode for this time. But uh, next time, who we got a lot to go through with the oh, tale of man. Baron and Luthien. I'm, I'm excited actually, to hear about them. I gotta see how many pages We're, this I'm is. I'm gonna have to cut it up into a few. Maybe because it's like thirty plus pages. Like it's a huge. Like this is the entire tale of it. Oh, this is just one chapter out of all these. Oh heck! 
Baron and Luthien. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for the love story. It is. It's a very interesting love story. And yeah. it's actually kind of interesting because in more, like, you'd expect something, like, with old-fashioned values like Tolkien to be, like, oh, the damsel in distress. But, in mm-hmm. fact, Luthien is, like, the most, like, active character in the story. Hell yeah. She makes all these different choices. And she's the elf, yeah? Yeah, she's the elf. She, uh, her, well, she's half elf, half god person because her parents are Thingol, King Greymantle, and his wife Melian, who is that Maiar who fell oh. in love with him. Oh. And she okay, is their I just daughter. love it because it's like, it's, it's interracial. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, my, my mom's a god and my no dad's a, a, a high elf king. So, yeah. <laughs> But yes, uh, that is it for this episode. Dreary, dreary episode, but it's we need, fine. See, if, and if any of you guys stick around after this episode, uh, we have, we have a portion. Of... Yeah, you have like a few minutes of me ranting about the Cats musical. Uh, <laughs> something to boost your spirits after this episode. <laughs> um, I can't wait to check out those analytics and see if people really did stay through. Oh, you can see that shit? I can. I could see when people drop off or if they listen through the whole way. Oh, man. Where they drop off. I'd like to see some of those, actually. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll send you. I'll send you some screen grabs. (laughs) Thank you. I know know you're our marketing person. But but yeah. uh, Thank you all for listening. Uh, Special thanks, of course, as always, to Wool for the art. And to Jack for the compositions of the beginning and ending music. Thanks uh, to Paul for being smart and knowing how to read and speak Elvish and uh, explain. I can't, I can't read Elvish because it's a different alphabet, but I can pronounce it, I guess. Could have fooled um, me. Pronounced. That's what I've done most of my life. Just made people think I was smart, you know? It's all been a good act. Um, and special thanks to Tori for oh. being, like, unique in that she's a person who has, who I know who hasn't, like, doesn't know much about Lord of the Rings. So. You're welcome. You're thank here to you, bring my Tori, fresh takes. For putting up with me. <laughs> I'll forgive you not enjoying candy corn. You should, uh... Thanks, guys, for listening to our shit. And Paul, you should play us out. Give us an acapella version of the of our theme song. Da da da. Da da da. Wait. <laughs> I I think I started doing the Avengers thing. <laughs> I know every da, time I try and go for it, I'm da, like, oh wait. Da 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 da. Oh. Anyway, God. bye. Bye. <laughs> That's it, right? Uh, Yeah, that's it. (laughs) You know what I have been singing all weekend? Cats.
the oh, movie. God. Okay. 2019. Okay, so you went to see it over the weekend. Yeah, I, I had a themed dinner party. Welcome to Silly Marillion we Cats. <laughs> Welcome to Silly Marillion Cats. Our, so Watched it dressed up as cats. Uh, Noelle made milk-themed drinks. Uh, okay. And uh, don't tell me you put your legs in the air when something. Oh, happened. we did. <laughs> it was no! a rowdy screening. Um, Noelle, Molly, May, and Daisy sang every song. It was a full experience. God, it was I great mean, though. It was a great experience. I guess I haven't had the social impact of watching it with people. I've watched it with people like on stream, like Tolkien Tuesday. One of the first things as a group we did watch on cats. the Discord was watch cats together, which was crazy because everyone was talking at the same time. You couldn't concentrate <laughs> on anything. But to be fair, there's not much to concentrate on with that fucking movie. Oh, it was a trip. Best Best thing, though, was the fact that I saw it like the trailer for it like when it was coming out was it, was it 2019 or 2020 it's 2019 29 oh i've been saying 2019, 2019 because of the discord so if I think that's wrong i blame must you must have been 20 oh yeah okay i think it's 2019 it is 2019 yeah christmas of 2019 yes it was just before the end times um <laughs> but like i saw a trailer for it and immediately reached out to my friend caleb who's an animation guy and he's like I'm like, well, I'm coming up to Michigan in like a few days for Christmas to like celebrate Christmas with some friends. Let's go see it. And oh, let's specifically go see... to this one theater in the Michigan that sells alcohol. Oh, hell yeah. The bar was closed, unfortunately, when oh. we were there. Let's see, alcohol we could screening only... of cats. Oh, I don't think we could have taken it. We had to get a matinee because the only time he had mm. free was that time. But like, it was us. Two old women who I think didn't know what they were in for. They heard it was a musical. They heard it was a musical. And they're yeah. like, oh, let's go. And then like a family. And then that's it. And it's just us. I think the family left like midway through. Oh my they were gosh. just like, what the fuck is happening? They were all talking about people li- leaving like throughout the movie. And I cannot imagine. Well, first off, it takes a lot to make me leave a movie. I paid money for that shit. <laughs> yeah. I'm not just going <laughs> to... I better be seeing something that either horrifies me or disgusts me, <laughs> because otherwise I'm sitting. I don't care. We're if it's still a bad living movie. through that college budget. We will eat I, free food. We will watch the whole movie we paid for. Like I guess when you're older and money has less value than your time, I guess. But when you're young, you're like, "Fuck this!" I, I paid like this was eight dollars for a matinee ticket. <laughs> I could have gotten a good amount of shit at McDonald's instead. But like watching it like was just so surreal because i think every two minutes caleb and i would just turn to each other and mouth what the fuck what a time to each other i mean i was was still mouth i wasn't even mouthing but i was still saying what the fuck every like yeah every two minutes checks out i'm like first off there's no plot i'm like no it's all a character study Okay, how did how did you feel about seeing naked furry Idris Elba? <laughs> because when he took off his coat, they matched his skin tone too well with the like his the color yeah. of his fur. Everyone else, it's like, oh, well, that's not like his skin. But he does that, and it, I was like, whoa! It really does feel like he's naked, which is appalling because it's, it's also like he's dancing around with Taylor Swift, who is also technically naked. Like 
Taylor Swift's cat isn't wearing any clothes. That's why I will only respect Skimble Shanks, the only cat <laughs> with the propriety to wear pants. <laughs> and he has uh, the best song by far. But yeah. Oh, anyway. I loved uh, Magical Mr. Mistopheles song. Ah, yes. Very, that is the song I've been Classic. singing all freaking weekend. Oh, well, I never was, was there ever. ever. Okay, cut it before yeah, they copyright so clever. us. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, it was a fun time. So now that I've seen it, I can make Cats Lord of the Rings references. Please. Get ready, folks. Don't don't do this to me. Can you imagine No. A silly Marillion Cats mix where it's just <laughs> every Silmarillion character. I don't like has it. Has to introduce himself with a song. Oh, okay. They have to introduce themselves with a song, yeah. maybe. And okay. that's just the whole. I thought you were going to be like, but they're like cat people, and they I'm could like, be cat people no. too. I'd prefer they weren't. <laughs> I'm Dwarf just cats, going. Elf I'm cats. going out. Like I'd rather just they weren't. And it's not even like, oh, cat boy, haha. He's just the boy with cat ears, huh? <laughs> no, it's like it's fur but they're humanoid and it's yeah. like everywhere and like the, the bodies are cg but also yeah it's it's the uncanny valley for me all the proportions will be really weird so like you could fit three dwarves on the head of one elf horrific <laughs> judy dench is there for some reason <laughs> yeah. everyone is there for some reason that was also very shocking to me yes Anyway, well, if you decide to include this in the podcast, it's going to be like five minutes of cat's talk. You know what? I'm going to include it probably at the end. Like, <laughs> people are going to, we're going to jump right into the episode and people will be like, oh, where's the funny bit at the first? No, we're putting it at the end to spare those who'd rather not have to put up with me ranting about cats for <laughs> however long our f previous conversation uh, has been. Fuck stuff. me. Good stuff. Anyway. That was fun. Time to get depressed.